All right, uh, we're talking with Neil Gamble uh, in these podcasts. This is the second episode. We started talking with Neil uh, in episode one. Uh, feel free to go back and start there if you like, or welcome back if you're continuing on on your walk or commute or whenever you're cl- plugging into this. So we were talking about um, the presence of Christ, the actual who we are in Christ that we carry into the places that we go. Um, Neil, just um, what is the importance of what we say when we're in that, as Christ, when we go into a situation? You know, if we're carrying the fullness, I mean, we know we're carrying the fullness of Christ in us. How important are our words when we're in that environment? God tells us that life and death is in the power of the tongue. A righteous man lives by the fruit of his lips, that uh, God's word doesn't ever return void. And we need to recognize that we are speaking in the physical for our Father. Mm. So we can't get paranoid, and it's not the name it and claim it game or the blab it and grab it, but the reality of who we are is what we speak is going to bring life or death. Mm. And a lot of times for us it may brings a mixture mm. because we, we walk with God, but then we try and continue the conversation to explain what God has said rather than trust. As in trust that what you've said, um, that's all you needed to say and leave it there? Just leave it. Trust God that Mm. he spoke in a way that it's going to stay in people's heart, that Mm. they can't get away from it. Um, Jesus asked a huge amount of questions of people. But his questions, when he speaks to us and asks us a question, it sticks. Mm. You know, five days later, we don't go, what was that sermon? No, it's the reality that Jesus... Jesus spoke, and it's yeah. there. Yeah, sometimes you get back from the church service and you yeah. wonder what the sermon was about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We better not go there. <laughs> let's, just, let's just go on here. Yeah. Um, so when, with what, not just with what we say and what we do, you come back to that word you mentioned in our first episode about perspective. This is something you're, you're hearing, you're telling us during this visit, you're really hearing the importance of this perspective. What is some of the elements of this perspective that we need to be getting? Perspective affects everything. A couple of places in the New Testament, Jesus says, be careful how you hear and be careful what you hear. How you view someone else and how you view yourself affects how you hear them and what you hear from them. You can say, go get chicken at a store, which anybody that's been around me has heard me use this analogy to a servant. Mm. He goes to town and there's no chicken, and he is paranoid because his master said to go get chicken, and there isn't any. And he just, he is, he's a fear of his job. He's fear for his family. He doesn't want to get reprimanded. Uh, he's failed his master. So this one obedience that he can't carry out just to simply get chicken brings him to a place of fear, brings him to a place of uh, thinking his sin is, is life and death. Mm. The son hears the same words, go get chicken. There is not a single thought about his position. He goes to town, there's no chicken. He buys beef and maybe some chocolates and comes home to his dad because he knows his dad is going to feed somebody. So because of the intimacy and because of the position, the perspective that he lives in, he he has no fear of bringing mm. home beef. So he gets there and he says, Dad, there was no chicken, but I brought some beef. And Dad goes, cool, because I've got a group to feed. Mm. You know? And then he looks at the chocolate and he goes, son, 
you should ask me before you spent that money on chocolate. I might have needed it. Mm. And after he reprimands the son in that sense, they sit down and eat the chocolate together. Mm. That young man never, ever thought about losing his position. His thought that he might get kicked out of the family for not bringing chicken, his, that perspective is absolutely never a part of his life. He doesn't worry about losing his bed. He doesn't worry about not being with the father. He knows mm. that even if they had the greatest of argument, those thoughts of losing his position to, are not even a part of his life. But the servant is always in fear of his position. So perspective is huge mm. in our walk with the Lord. Most of us as Christians probably live in a mix. Uh, we know we're sons, but we live in fear of our behavior, that it will affect the relationship. Um, I know my sons, even when they are at their worst as far as our relationships, um, they know that the one thing that's going to happen when they come into my presence is we're going to hug. Mm-hmm. And I, all I'm interested in is being around them. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing they've done wrong or knowing we're in disagreement, yeah, I hate that, but it's not my focus. Mm-hmm. And um, they're never in the place where they're going to not be my sons. Mm-hmm. So that servanthood mentality that always lives in fear of Oh, my position with God is affected by my behavior. Okay, it is affected, but it's not uh, destroyed. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, going to take you out of the position where a servant is always in fear of being kicked out. Yeah. So when you've got, um, there's, there's that issue of perspective, as you're saying, of uh, where do I stand with God? How does coming to a healthy understanding of your position with God affect your perspective when talking with others you know we we sometimes think oh, if I say this or they'll give this word that God just gave me oh, that person's going to think I'm a weirdo or they're going to it's going to wreck my relationship is that the most important thing is to get that sonship right so that our perspective and how we walk in the world is changed until we really see ourselves for who we are where we can we're always going to walk in fear of what we say hmm. um In my country, when I was going to college, I took a a psychology course my first quarter in college, which I never completed college because I didn't like it. But in this course, they brought out a thing that they had done, and they had taken a a child from a family of influence uh, uh, who was uh, high up in in the community. And then they took a kid from a poor family that had nothing, just barely living, small place, maybe a shack type dwelling we would call it. And they took them out of their environment and they took them to another city. They placed them in the same hotel. They gave them the same clothes. They gave them the same amount of money. And they had these things that they had to do at specific times. Well, both of them had to be at these specific points at the same time. So they go to a restaurant, and they arrive at exactly the same time. They go to a clothing store. They go to different places. And they did this for about a week of various things. And at the end of that time, when they compiled all the results from it, the interesting thing was that in every one of those places, though they had the same money, same clothes, everything the same, 
Who got served first every time? The person that came from this, the family of influence. Mm. Because they carry themselves mm. different. They walk different. They have a confidence in their life. They have something that the poor man was always taught to bow his head. You know, he's not as good as others. So his perspective, even though he had the same inheritance in the same in this city, he was exactly the same as this other guy. The way he walked, the way he held himself, the way he looked at people caused him to always be served second. Mm. And that really is a good illustration of um, picks up that word you've used about not being haughty uh, with with the authority and who we are in Christ is that. You, you, that sort of illustration, you can easily think, well, I've got the keys to Dad's Lamborghini. I'm going to hoon down the highway, but it's yeah. nothing like that. No. Yeah, it's about there's knowing a, who you are and, and whose you are. There's a responsibility to having authority. Mm. In, a, in a work environment, you get promoted to a foreman, but until you accept the position, you never have the authority. Mm. So in the same sense, we're trying to walk in an authority that Christ has given us without being in the position Christ has given us. So then our perspective is, you know, I'm going to order God around. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to decide what God yep. has to do. Mm. I'm deciding who gets what, who gets prayed for. Mm. Rather than when I, when I recognize, when I move into a position of a foreman, I recognize that I'm under authority. Mm. And I don't get to choose what I actually tell my employees to do. I have to hear from the head. And I respond to him and then carry out my authority. Mm. So that, that's an incredible perspective. But until I see myself as foreman, nobody's going to respect me. Mm. Nobody's going to respect what I have to say. They're not going to respond to it in the same way because they don't see me as a person of... Um, stature in the sense of, of the position I'm in. Mm. I'm a servant as a foreman. Mm. My job really is I have to serve the people so they can do their work. Mm. But yet in that servanthood is the, I carry the responsibility of making sure the people get to do their work. Mm. So coming back from analogies to what we're talking about, who we are in Jesus, the way he operated in that authority is acting as and when his father directed. Yes, he says he doesn't do anything unless the mm. father tells him. Uh, the centurion is a great example. God calls the centurion, and I have never found greater faith in all of Israel. And the, that centurion, when he tells Jesus about his servant or daughter that is sick, Jesus says, I'll come to your house. And he goes, no, no, no. He says, I'm a man under authority also. And I say to this one, come, and he comes, and this one, go, and he goes. Mm. And so he really recognized that Jesus didn't have to go to his house. Mm. He just needed to do whatever the authority over him said. Mm. And is, there, is it fair to say in that example that the healing that Jesus was giving in that instance was one he'd received the green light from Father to go ahead and do? Actually, he didn't do the healing. Yeah, as in Jesus says that the Son of Himself can do no mighty works. Mm. It's the Father in mm. me who does the work. So, recognizing my position and recognize that I'm the conveyor of the Father's presence, mm. uh, and and that I have a responsibility to live in that place, mm. uh, to bring that which the Father says, um, is an incredible freedom because I don't have to try and be someone. Mm. I just get to be. Yeah. Oh, 
it, there's a huge difference, you know, and this deal about position that we're talking about here is, that's a perspective. Mm. Somehow we have to attain to the perspective of, of the reality of being like Christ mm. and, and not live in the shadow of fears and doubts and I'm not worthy and all those things that the enemy throws at us. Yeah. And one of those things I think the enemy throws at us is that we, no matter what truth we've absorbed, we have to strive to get to be like Jesus. Yeah. This is what you're taking on, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and that's the, that's the attitude of a servant. Mm. I have to take on this because my, my master has sent me. Mm. So I have to perform this level when in reality it's not my position. Mm. So then I really don't carry the confidence and if anything goes wrong, I have no, no recourse because I don't know who I am. Yeah. Okay, we'll pause there and come back in a moment. Whoops.